Welcome to Geek Girl Soup. I'm Kelly. I'm Court. And we're without Susan today, who is busy with school, and we miss her. Because this is going to be a great topic today. It is still Women's History Month. And so we are talking about two films from 2022 directed by women. The Woman King, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, and Women Talking, directed by Sarah Polly. And we love both of these movies. Very much. Should we start with The Woman King? Yeah, let's start with Woman King. All right. Okay. All right. So for those who have not seen The Woman King, just a quick description of what it was. In the 1800s, a group of all-female warrior warriors protect the African kingdom of Dahomey with skills and fierceness unlike anything that the world has ever seen. They're faced, of course, with a new threat. Uh, General Naniska Viola Davis trains the next generation of recruits to fight against a foreign enemy that's determined to destroy their way of life. Oh my God. So, and this is based on a true story. Yeah. Both of these movies are. Yeah. This is amazing. So we've got Viola Davis as Naniska, Thusu Debu as Nawi, Lashana Mm -hmm. Lynch as Izoje, and John Bodega, John Boyega, sorry. Yes, and it says, like, while most of the Woman King and its characters were largely fictionalized, a few of the central roles were inspired by actual accounts of the uh, Agoji women. And Bedu's adolescent character, Nawe, um, mm-hmm. was one, was known as one of the last uh, Agoji warriors who passed away in 1979. Like, that was, like, that was not long ago. No, <laughs> she, no. Was, she was 100 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the story came from her then, mostly, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I, I love that. And it fits so well with women talking, like, the just the, the role of storytellers and, like, how, like, like, different stories were passed down from generation to generation. Like, yes, we've lost a little bit of that, but, like... We got this beautiful, beautiful story. Like, you, you know, there's the trope of, you know, get a black woman to do it. Um, like, the bl- black women are considered, like, the last line when it comes to so many different things. Like, we're strong. We're supposed to be strong. And, like, that's it. We're tough. You know, right. we can take anything. But in this movie, yes, they were strong as hell. But they were so multifaceted. Like, yeah. being able to see, like, what Naniska went through. Like, this is going to be spoilers, so y'all know if you haven't seen the movie, we're going to be talking about details from this and also on uh, women talking. So, yes. you know, if you haven't seen it, Boiler you'll watch them and come back. Yep. Yes. Women King, Woman King right now is available on Netflix. So go jump in, go watch it, come back. But, yeah, her character, she, she experiences rape. And they're supposed to be virginal, right? The, mm-hmm. the all the, the military so of yep. course she's not a virgin and she gets pregnant and like we find out from this twist i kind of guessed the twist just again because i watch soap operas so <laughs> right sorry sorry but we find out that um Nawe was actually the daughter that she ended up giving up so we have this strong warrior she's a badass warrior and then it's actually the entire army, they're badass, but also we see her vulnerability. And like, at first I wasn't sure if she would ever say anything to um, Nawe about her being her daughter, because like, how does that fit in? But they let her, they let her show her vulnerable side. They let them confront each other. And that relationship throughout the movie was one of my favorites for many reasons. 
Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I I love the reveal. I love of that Naoi is her daughter, but also seeing how Naniska came to that realization and the range of emotions that she went through in Mm -hmm. that scene of realization and and every scene she's in, oh my gosh, but but particularly that one was just amazing. It was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And real quick, what you were saying about minute ago about, you know, let the black woman do it. I loved at the Oscars when Ruth Carter won for costume design for Black Panther, her line, thank Mm -hmm. you to the Academy for recognizing the superhero that is a black woman. Mm -hmm. Different movie, but same, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. I also love the relationship between Nawe and Izoje. Do you remember how to pronounce? Mm-hmm. It's been a Izoge. Yeah, Izoge. Izoge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I so badly wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but I so badly um, like I, Lashana Lynch has been fantastic in everything I've yes. seen her in, and like seeing her in this role um, again, she was so strong, and like I, I wanted to see her survive. I wanted to see everybody uh. make it to the end. But the way that they supported and loved on each other, like she was kind of a, a, a mentor for uh, for Naoi because yeah. you know Naoi comes in and she's so reckless, she's not afraid to say something to Naniska, who's like she's the general, and like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be following orders and doing what you're supposed to be doing. And but like she she is a bit of Naniska, like she has like that fiery streak that her that carried her own mother through everything that she's gone through. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Naniska, Naoi had a wonderful relationship. The mentor relationship between Naoi and Izogi was wonderful. And I cannot remember who was with them, but like when they were captured and when they were being sold into slavery, like their escape and the the fact that Naoi would not leave her behind, even though like she was caught, like she was actually, she was dead. She was going to die. Just that whole sequence of events. It was amazing. And it spoke to their strength and like their connection. It was just, such a beautiful like sequence, such a beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah. And that theme of being tough and warriors, powerful, fierce, but also protective. They, mm-hmm. It's a strong community. They're loving. And oh my gosh, I love how much joy we see in the movie. Yes, yes. When they have those yeah. moments of celebration and yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And those are some similar themes with women talking. We we actually do see joy in it too, but we'll get to it in a minute. But I just love how these two movies have similar theme, themes, even though one is fighting. And I mean, the other is fighting, but in a different way, in a nonviolent way. Yeah. 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 And you also had Jordan Bulger. Like there weren't a lot of guys in this. The guys mm-hmm. that were in this, they're, they're secondary characters because it's like female centric basically. But I did like his storyline that he had, like his mother, like he's, he's a Spaniard, um, but he's, he's a black Spaniard. His mother was actually taken and sold into slavery and he's, he's come home. This was his homecoming. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see him, I want. I don't want to say at war because he knew what was happening was wrong. Like his actions when, like the person he came with was actually taking like folks away towards slavery at the end of the movie. Beautiful and like, oh, he was in love with Nali's character too. Yes. Like I, I wanted, I wanted him to stay. Like I didn't want him to go. 
but like she she had made her choice like they're yes. warrior women she yes. like if they wanted ha to have the love story that i kind of wanted like <laughs> she wouldn't be able to be what she wanted to be she wouldn't be able to be like this this general like her mother is which yeah. that that sucks but I, I like i enjoyed his story i enjoyed when he came and he talked to the king and the king was basically like welcome home like I, yeah. there was like no stigmatism towards him because he came from this other place uh, even though like his mother was from here his mother was mm -hmm. taken from here um mm -hmm. like it was not held against him so i wanted yeah. him to come home and i wanted him to stay home and be there yeah and that could have been cool but not to end up with nawe this I liked her. Right. Yeah. I, I liked her yeah. staying a warrior and yeah. f having a more, I think, a more fulfilling life that way. I don't think she would yeah. have had as a fulfilling life yeah. if she had yeah. dropped out <laughs> of the uh, <laughs> warrior women and gotten married yeah. or something. So I'm glad that yeah. she made that decision. Yeah, because we saw that. We saw it at the beginning of the movie where her adoptive parents, we, we didn't know they were her adoptive parents at the time, but they had just been trying to marry her off to some old dude again. And she was like, no, that not, that life is not for me. The married life, household, mm -hmm. I, I don't want that. The warriors were coming back from their latest victory. And like she couldn't help but peek at them and be in awe in them. And she was like, I want that. That's who oh, I want to yeah. be. And you're right. So like that final thing that we got of them when he was going on the boat and he saw that she had survived like they they were at peace i was the you know me I love, i'm a love a love story i was like go be with her now but like you said that can't happen for her to be who she is and to be with these other women warriors it, it, sorry sir go, go ahead yeah. we got we have very good memories now yeah exactly yeah and i did love that scene where he's getting on the boat and she turns and looks and did she give a little nod or something but she looks so confident yeah. and so within she herself did. it was yep. great yep her transformation yeah her transformation yeah. in this movie from now right she was never like scared you know she wasn't like mm -hmm. a scared little girl because she stood up to that horrible potential suit or that you know horrible suitor that her parents are trying to marry her off to but mm -hmm. she was still weak and frail not i mean not frail but you know what she, she wasn't she didn't have the physical strength yet and right, she right. she had bravado but i don't mm -hmm. think real deep courage yet yeah. and so yeah. to watch all of that develop was just awesome she did a great yeah. job like she, and... yeah like like you said she had she had the courage uh but she didn't know she didn't know her inner strength yet or yes. she didn't know how to utilize the inner strength yet because I'm, I'm thinking of that first scene where um naniska sees that bravado and she's like okay well you think you got this all right chop this off do this yes. and she gets <laughs> up and she's all confident and she's like i can do this and she takes a whack and i just imagine like her arm was hurting from trying to take oh, that God. back no <laughs> even like picking up the sword was hard for her <laughs> yes 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 like i do said, wish end, she was one of the warriors yes i do wish that we had seen i mean right, did we see her use a string or rope or something at some point as a weapon uh i don't yeah, remember I anything i yeah i i was hoping for something and though maybe it just would have been cliche where we were really focused on it like coming back mm -hmm. to that first training 
And it would be yeah. like, yeah, see, even the very basics really matter. I thought we did. Maybe when they were making their escape. Maybe but so. Like you said, it's been a couple of weeks. Maybe so. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I read that the movie takes took seven years to make. I believe that. It, it was yeah. a very big film. A huge cast. Yeah. Yeah. And also just getting it approved, of course. Oh, of course. You know? Who would mm -hmm. want this kind of movie? Well, a lot of us. <laughs> Clearly. Yes. And the actors spent months in physical training to become mm -hmm. the warriors because Gina wanted them to do their own fighting stunts. So six mm -hmm. days a week, two times a day, excuse me, weights in the morning, weapons in the afternoon. And she also said part of that training, doing it as a group. So they weren't off with personal yeah. trainers, you know, doing it on their own. They did it together as a group to help build the bond of those warriors. And she said she mm -hmm. was so happy about how it turned out. I agree. Totally agree. Like this didn't feel like I was just watching a, a, a movie, even though I was, but like I was watching this story and I could feel their bond. So what she mm -hmm. did definitely helped. Yeah. And then I read in an article that at first she had a hard time directing Viola Davis because she thought <laughs> this woman knows what she's doing. She doesn't need mm -hmm. me to tell her what to do. And she said, yeah. uh, Gina said that at first they would do a take and she would tell Viola, that was great. That was great. And then she realized, <laughs> okay, she wants to hear from me. So like they had a chat yeah. about it and she was vulnerable and honest about, I don't know how to direct you. <laughs> and she figured <laughs> it out, obviously, because she said Viola yeah. wanted direction. That's really yeah. awesome. I love it. Me too. Oh my goodness. And I love this line from it when Naniska says, we are a goji. We do not act alone. We move together with one purpose alone. You are weak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really is a nice summary in many ways of the movie. Absolutely. Stands for everything they are. Yeah. And like just... Just that and what we saw in the movie reminds me of like, what was it that no man left behind? Like some of the things that we hear in mm -hmm. movies we've seen at, at every point in time. But like, we, this was different because you got these black woman warriors. Like this is not something I see every day. No. Um, oh my gosh. I, 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 I just want to swing to the, the rooftop. I kept hearing like how good this was. Like, I, I don't know if you remember, but when this first came out, I tried to see this movie like five different times, but something yeah. always came up and you were telling me like one of your friends went to see it and thought it was amazing. And I kept hearing the same story. Like everybody was going to see it. Like this was a movie that stayed in the theater for quite a while and like people were just watching it and they were enjoying it. Um, but like, I don't know why it didn't get like award attention. Like it should have gotten oh. <laughs> because I'm not even just talking about Viola. Viola was amazing in this, but uh, so was Lashana Lynch and um, Thusu Bedu and mm -hmm. John Boyega even did a great yeah. job as uh, King Gezo. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that he was a full character and not just a caricature mm -hmm. or a stereotype. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the men in it, or at least he and what was the the dude's name again who was originally from Malik. there? Malik. Oh, Jordan Bulger, Malik. 
Okay. Yeah. So even he was a well-rounded character. Yeah. Not all the men, and that's fine because yeah. on the pretty much every woman was a full complete character. I felt like the main consort or queen or whatever, yeah, the main wife, she obviously was very shallow. And I, I do understand, you know, her, her jealousy yeah. and wanting to keep her status and all of that. It was a shame, though, that there was even one woman in the movie who wasn't all about teamwork and, <laughs> you know, the collective. Yeah. I actually like that because you had that full range of personalities. Like, you're, you're, you will have that in the group. Yeah, um, and, it's accurate. And yeah. That did, yeah, and it, it didn't benefit her. Like she wanted to be to be the woman, queen, the woman king, and but like it did not fit in with what it was supposed to be. Like King Gezo picked Naniska because like she is his general, like she is his confidant, she is the person that he listens to, and I think yeah. that is amazing that they had that particular role and like within that societal structure because. The wife, you would think, oh no, she's one of the wives. Like, yeah, he's he's gonna listen to me. No, mm -hmm. you're not giving yeah. him the wisdom to carry like the tribe forward to the next thing that's gonna keep them moving. Like, they they're not gonna be selling their brothers and sisters from other tribes into slavery. They're not doing that, and yeah. they're not gonna be um, supporting these other tribes or other folks that are doing that as well. They're gonna find something that's gonna um, lift up their tribe, which I thought was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that number one wife didn't have like boots on the ground experience in the she community. Couldn't. You know, she stayed behind yeah. the walls and yep. didn't know any quote common people or anything, yep. and certainly not war or the enemy. Mm -hmm. So, how could mm -hmm. she be his top advisor? Right. She could be like his PR person, social media manager. Right. Yeah, like like you said, she could have worked with the team. She could have made her position work, um, but she, she it was jealousy. Yeah, she was jealous. Mm. She wanted that power for herself. Nah. Yeah. And yes, in real life, that is accurate. That you always have people like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Anything else about this one? No, just really, really well done. Yeah. And damn shame that Gina did not get nominated for Best Director. And that the film didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Didn't get right. any no Oscar nominations. And it, it's one that I felt should because it, it was in the conversation. I wouldn't say awards conversation, but like, like I said, you told me you had your friend who saw it. And like every person I talked to who went to see this, they loved it. Like mm -hmm. I, I did not hear anything negative about the film from anyone who actually saw it. Yeah. Um, well, and as yeah. for the awards conversation, one of the articles that I read was an interview with Gina and I forget which outlet, news outlet, but they brought up, there is chatter about you getting nominated for Best Director and asked how she felt about that. And mm -hmm. then she didn't get nominated, of course. No women did this year. She and Sarah Polly absolutely should have been nominated. I agree. All right. Women talking. Rooney Mara, Judith Ivy, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Frances McDormand, who was also a producer on the film, and Ben Wishaw, one dude, other than the mm -hmm. little boys. But he was the only man in the movie. 
of course, directed by Sarah Polly. So I read that. Do you want to read a synopsis? Mm -hmm. Great. Go for it. All right. So the women of an isolated religious colony reveal a shocking secret about the colony's men. For years, the men have been occasionally occasionally uh, drugging the women and then raping them. The truth comes out and the women talk about their new situation. Mm. And they're yeah. trying to decide whether to stay and fight, leave, or just do nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. Like forgive. Yeah. And so there's a lot of talk about forgiveness in the movie. So this is based on the true story of a Mennonite colony, the Manitoba colony in Bolivia from mm -hmm. I think 2005 through 2009. And the men were caught when a woman woke up in the middle of an attack by two men, I think it was. And otherwise, yeah, because like you said, they were being drugged. So yeah. they didn't know. Or, you know, they, they didn't know how it was being done or, yeah, exactly what was happening. But they were getting pregnant. Yep. And we saw that they also get beaten. And it wasn't just happening to the women, like the married women who would know what had happened to them. It was happening to young girls who maybe didn't, yes. weren't taught about sex or who didn't know why, oh, I hurt down there. Oh, I have blood here. What is this? And it was happening yeah. to some very young children as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrifying. And so the in the real life colony, at first, those men were dealt with internally, but then... I don't know who turned them over to the Bolivian authorities, but seven of the eight defendants were found guilty. And there was a ninth defendant who evaded capture. Yeah. There were 151 women and girls involved in this <gasps> who were assaulted. Wow. Well, or at least they were convicted of. Yeah. That many assaults. Yeah. Rapes. My goodness. Yeah. And so you would think going into this movie that it's going to be very, very tough. And it is at times. But first, you, I mean, y'all should have seen it, but if you haven't seen it, you don't see the rapes. There aren't flashbacks. To, there's one, there's one that we see approaching. I forget her name, mm -hmm. where she ended up then dressing as a boy and not talking. Oh, yeah. 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 So we, we see some of that. But on the whole, the majority of the movie takes place in the barn, which apparently they built on a soundstage, that barn they did, even though they also mm -hmm. filmed on an actual farm in Manitoba or, yeah, well, in Canada. I don't remember if they filmed in Manitoba or not. I forget that. But so they filmed outdoor shots really outdoors and the barn in inner barn shots were on this soundstage in the barn. And so it's, as the title says, it's these women sitting around, not sitting around because they walk around too, but talking about what they're going to do. And they never learned how to read or write because they weren't allowed. So that's why Ben Wishaw is there to take notes, take the minutes for the group. Yeah. And I love at the end how... He is then told, I think it isn't it Rooney Mara's character who tells him mm -hmm. these are for you. Like he tries to give her the minutes to take. Yeah. He's like, these were for you. 
And so and, he and stays did you back mention, to like, raise the boys or teach, educate the boys. Yes. yes. And like the his reaction family. when they told him that he had to stay, that was heartbreaking too, because like something had happened to his own mother and his own mother had left the colony for a while. Like he was just coming back himself. Yeah. But also, I believe he's in love with Ona. Yeah. Is Ona. Yeah. Um, he wants to be with her. <laughs> See, there yeah. I go again with the love. But he has a different role, like you said. He's to stay back and teach because, like, this is this is a learned behavior that the boys and men who had been doing this for who knows how long had believed was okay. So he's supposed to be teaching like, the, the, uh, the bigger Teenage. kids who are yeah. not going to leave, the teenagers who are not going to leave with the women at the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, and Melvin. Melvin is the um, other, the uh, other young lady um, or young man. Okay. She's he, he's transgender. Okay. okay cool. Yeah. And I love the scene where the women are talking about like what age cutoff they're going to have for taking kids mm -hmm. with them. Like I can't leave yeah. my teenager. But then yeah. they realize, like after they ask. Uh, what is is his name? August Ben Wishaw's character, and yes. he says that some of the boys are probably too old to learn different. Like to Kelly, Melvin is Melvin is August Winter. That's the transgender. Um, oh, okay, okay, sorry. Ben, ben Wishaw is August. Is that what you said? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. Melvin's the person who played Melvin. Her first name is August. Oh, how funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry. I was like, wait a minute, Kelly. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go wow. <laughs> okay. So, August, the character, Ben Wishaw's character, tells them he thinks that some of the boys are too old to change if they've already learned some of that horrifying behavior. Yeah. And so, taking them would be detrimental to the new group that the women are forging and leaving. If they leave, you know, this is still when they're deciding if they're going to leave or not. And so that was, that's really devastating. These moms. Yeah. Yeah. Cause all they wanted in their lives is to, to live in love and protect their children, to raise them the right way. I, yeah. I can't, I can't think of like that tearing heartbreak that you would feel like leaving your kid behind, but knowing yeah. it's for the betterment of maybe you have another younger son who has not learned this yet. Yeah. making that choice yeah. and also for yourself you need to make this choice for yourself too yeah so a couple lines from the movie i really liked perhaps we need to know more about what we are fighting what we are fighting to achieve rather than what we are fighting to destroy love that one i forget who who yeah. said it but that also reminds me of the woman king because they are fighting to destroy, but like destroy the slave trade in the, that they were involved in. But they're fighting to achieve a society that is independent. And we even hear the king talking about that and not beholden to or not involved in the wretched slave trade. And so mm -hmm. they know what they are fighting for, as well yeah. as what they're fighting to destroy. And what they're fighting to destroy will enable them to achieve what they are fighting for. And so with the with women talking, same there, like they want to destroy 
or do they? Not all of them do, but they they want to destroy the way they are currently being treated and living. Yeah. That that part of it, you know, being drugged and raped and not listened to. Because there yeah. were some lines about that too, about never having your thoughts heard, never having your voice heard, all of that. You know, they are just essentially property there. Right. And so right. they're fighting to destroy that part of the society. They don't want to destroy the entire way of life. It's just those toxic parts of it, the cancerous parts of it. Yeah. And then they finally realize the only way to do, or the, yeah, I think, yeah, the only way to do that is to leave and yep. start from scratch. Yeah. And then you have like characters like Frances McDormand's character. She plays Scarface Jans, I have. Mm-hmm. That's her name. Yeah. Um, but she's very much on the side where we're supposed to forgive. If we can't forgive, we're not going to get into heaven. So you also mm-hmm. have like the re- religious element of it too, where they're not just talking about leaving home. They're not just talking about leaving some of their kids behind and like the only life that they've known. They're also talking about our, our souls are at risk yeah. too. Like, so like, what can we do? <sighs> so um, like, and then even once they had made their decision, you had some people who just still weren't going to go like that final scene that we got where it was Scarface Jan. I'm just going to stop calling her that. Um, it was Francis McDormand's character. And like her daughter and her daughter's daughter. And she initially was like, no, you can't go. No, yeah. you're not going. Cause like, she's afraid for their souls, but also yeah. ma'am, be afraid for other things that's endangering them too. And yeah. eventually like, she's like, no, go, y'all gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. That, that scene. Whew. Yeah. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. another line, and this is so apt still today for so many women Where I come from, where your mother comes from, we didn't talk about our bodies. So when something like this happened, there was no language for it. And can you imagine how, I mean, even the woman who woke up in the, during the attack, attacks, I wonder how long it took her to bring it up to another woman or to anyone. That's a very good question. Like, because even now there's still a stigma not like it was before but mm-hmm. people are still afraid to bring it up and say oh this happened to me i feel like yeah. it's gotten better um over the decades but like there's still that because it's like oh well why were you there why were you wearing that mm-hmm. what did you do to make them think that would be okay right yep and then in the case of married woman well you owe it to your husband to have sex anyway they could throw that in of course yeah. you know he doesn't have the right to drug her but so maybe it was when they discovered how many little girls were yes. attacked that yeah. then they finally started talking to each other. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. about that. Oh my goodness. I wonder if it's in the book. Now I want to read the book. I know. Yeah. Sounds like the book is amazing. And so how this movie got made, in part at least, Francis McDormand and... Oh, for, shoot. I forgot to look it up before this. The other producer woman, they got together. They had the rights to the book, or they got together with Plan B. They reached out to Plan B, I think it was, Brad Pitt's production company. So they had the mm-hmm. rights to the book, and a friend of Sarah Polly gave her the book and said, I want you to make this film. 
and like not a friend in the industry, just a friend. And she read it in one sitting, loved it, and thought, I just want to write it. She had three kids under the age of eight at the time. And traditional Mm -hmm. filming takes 14 to 16 hour days for the director. And she just didn't want to do that. So she and Frances McDormand have the same agent. And apparently Frances reached out to the agent about getting Sarah Polly on board the same day that Sarah Polly reached out to their agent to say, I hear that Frances and sorry, the other woman's name have this book. I'd really like to be attached to it to write it. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. And so then Frances McDormand was saying, we really want you to direct it. And so Sarah Polly was saying, you know, giving, uh, telling all of her misgivings about it or her hesitations about it. And so it was the other producer, I believe, who said, all of that way of making films came from men. We don't have to do it that way. We can make it so that we have shorter days of shooting. And so you get to be with your kids every evening. And they did. So she signed on to write and direct. Isn't that That's awesome? amazing. Yeah. Like I was Gardner. Gardner. Thank you. Dee Dee Gardner. Yes. Awesome. I was, I was while you were, I was like, let me find this. Yeah. Yeah. So that is just so cool. Yeah. Why, why do they have to make a, why would they have to make a woman, a, a woman, a film that is 100% women centric, but make it in a, totally traditional way that doesn't allow the actors in it to spend time with their families or, you know, have a life if that's what they want. And so like, yeah, yeah we're just, and the, and the director, obviously, since she's the one who really started that. And so like, yeah, we'll just do it differently then shorter days, kids at night. Yes. yes. It's beautiful. And like that, that's one of the things that we and many others have talked about, like there need to be more uh, women different cultures, like in different positions to make these kinds of decisions to say, hey, well, we're not going to do it the way it's always been done. We don't have to. We're not beholden to do it that way. And look, yeah. this still this came out. This was an amazing project. And yes. they won awards. Yep. They won Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. Thank that was like goodness. the most exciting award of the <laughs> night for me because I did not like feel like it even had a chance. Just, yeah. Yeah just because, you yeah. know, Oscars. But yeah, then the film won the Robert Altman Award at the Spirit Awards. Mm-hmm. And so they got, what was, yeah. that was like a 10 minute thing. Yeah. Of their, that part of the ceremony. So they all talked and Frances McDormand didn't go on stage though. She stayed out at her table. But they others, you know, went up on stage and accepted the award and showed a little video about behind the scenes. And man, I want a whole like short film about the making of, you know. Don't be Maybe great. there is one. Yeah. I, I wonder because not, not a lot of people buy physical media anymore. But you remember they used to have that behind the scenes interviews, commentary, and all that other good stuff. Yeah. So maybe that's available somewhere. True. I know, or maybe it would be even buying it on are, Apple. Mm-hmm. I was going to say some of the streamers are starting to include that stuff now too, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I'll look into that. That'd be awesome. 
So it's not streaming included with any services right now, is it? Is it still just rent? No, it's rent to buy. Yeah, rent or buy. But it should be coming soon. Yeah. <sighs> so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's just a small sampling of all the wonderful things that are being directed by women right now. Yep. And last year. And so we just chose mm-hmm. two of our favorites from last year, but mm-hmm. so many more. So things need to change at the Oscars. <laughs> things need to change in Hollywood to make more of these kinds of films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if it's right. I, I think it is right. You know, I keep comparing women talking to promising young woman because they're mm-hmm. both indie films, writer and director doing both. And promising young woman won best screenplay, I think original. I think I don't remember. I think so. I don't remember if it was original or so. adapted, but I think it was original. The Oscar for whichever screenplay. And yeah. you know, this did as well, but not uh what was her um Fennel? I'm blanking on her name. Shoot. Emerald Fennel. Oh wow, okay. Emerald, Emerald Fennel. Or Fennel, it may be. Yeah, it looks like Fennel, Maybe. but I think they may pronounce it. She may pronounce it Fennel. So yeah, so both of them, you know, independent films, writer and director doing both, being the same person, Sarah Polly and Emerald Fennell, and almost coming out of nowhere from mm-hmm. like a moviegoer's perspective. You know, behind the scenes, yeah. there was probably a lot more to it, to them. But yeah. Yeah. for us, it was like, whoa, what is this awesomeness? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, can't stop raving about them. Yeah. Yeah. I think for women talking, like there was no buzz or saying, Hey, cause you know, I love trailers. I love watching different, um, like things on YouTube talking about, Hey, these things are coming. But like maybe a week before it was coming out, I saw an ad on YouTube and I was like, Oh, nice. this looks interesting. Like Kelly, have you seen the ad for this? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm going. I've been so, following yeah. it for a few months on Instagram. So okay. I got an okay. Instagram ad for it followed them and then we'd get things all the time so oh my gosh yes the buzz for me just from them doing that it's like i can't wait for this movie yeah (laughs) so need more of that even those little i'm sure they're not that little but you know the social media campaigns like that so having an account for the movie putting Mm -hmm. out some ads because i wouldn't have seen that if it weren't a sponsored post and then followed it and then it would Mm -hmm. pop up all the time. So I had, you know, the date and of course we got to watch through film independent spirit awards screeners. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but it it was in the movie theaters too, even for like a short time. Yeah. Not too, too long, but I think it then was re-released here at Mayhem. Yeah. So awesome. So we've got John Wick 4 coming out in a couple days. Oh my God, yay. And Lance Reddick died. Mm-hmm. That was so yeah. sad. Very sad, heartbreaking. Like, you, like the, this one of those things where your, their name pops up and you're like, oh, is it his birthday? Oh, what's going on? Because you, you're thinking, oh, this is 
a youngish man, like yeah. he's not like older in eighties or nineties where I want everybody to be right. when they've lived a full, full life. But no, his name popped up and rest in peace yeah. and it hits you. Cause you're like, wait a minute. No. Yeah. And yellow jackets comes back in a few days. Yes. Like early release for what channel is it on again? Showtime. Showtime. So I think like, it might be, they say it might be released early, I guess, for Showtime. Yeah. Plus, Prime. they don't have it called like that, but yeah. if they're app subscribers. Paramount. Okay. Oh, yeah, through Paramount, Paramount Plus? Well, yeah, because they, they're related now. They're oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, Lucky Hank just came out, and I watched it early through AMC Plus. Yes. Excellent. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> Good to see Bob Odenkirk. In something Always. right away. It's like, he must have finished Saul and immediately, and I think he did. I think I remember hearing that, you know, it was called, it yeah. was going to be called the uh, Inside Man, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Was that it? I thought it was going to be called the Inside something, Man. Something like that. Unless he has another project coming out. No, I th- no, that was it. It, it. I'm just trying to remember if that's the correct name. Because, I of course, that's was. also the name of the Spike Lee movie with yeah. Clive Owen. Um <laughs> Okay, yeah, but then they changed the name not too long yeah. ago to be Lucky Hank. Yeah, which is great. And of course, it makes mm-hmm. me think of Hank from Breaking Bad. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want him to pop up somewhere. Right. <laughs> Dean Norris, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make a cameo yeah. at some point. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that would be funny. All right. Anything else oh, you're looking um, forward to? There's the show uh, after Lucky Hank went off also on AMC plus like right next to it is a show called black snow. Um, it's about a uh, far North Queensland town where there was a murder back in the 1994s and the murdered girl, um, her high school had done a time capsule. And so when the time capsule was just opened like 30 years later or whatever, there was something included in her little note that, you know, opened her, her cold case. And it has Travis mm. Femmel and, um, Jemison Power and some other folks in it. It's so good. Wow. It's only six episodes, but I'm, I'm going to blaze okay. right through that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it popped up for me too at some point, and, and I have thought about watching it. Instead, I started watching The Offer on Paramount Plus yeah. about the making yeah. of The Godfather. Oh my God, this is so good. And so now, of yeah. co- course, I want to go watch, go rewatch The Godfather. Of course, you have to. It's been. <laughs> It's been ages. I mean, like over 10 years, probably over 15 years. Really? Yes. Okay. Since I've watched oh, it. Oh, so you're overdue then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, when you watch it, are you going to watch the trilogy or just the first two? At least one and two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, then I'll probably have to go for completion and do the third as well. You, you, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because watching the scenes and I mean, first of all, you know, I just love stories about how a movie was made. And this yeah. one is just so full of wildness. It is just amazing. But then to see the actors playing the actors for the movie. So the dude who plays yeah. Pacino, I think is really good. The dude yeah. who plays Marlon Brando, I think is good. And so when they're setting up for a scene, like we don't see them actually do the scene. We don't get to mm-hmm. watch that, but yeah. just knowing what they're doing, that I'm like, oh, now I have to go see that again. 
Because I'm never, I'm not, I'm not someone who ever memorized anything from The Godfather. Really? Yeah. You're not going to make an offer you can't refuse. Oh, well, of course I know that line, but yeah. But it's just, I've never like quoted from it. You know, I haven't seen the movies so many times that I can just rattle something off the top of my head. So I really do need to rewatch them. Yeah. And Juno's in this. Yes. Oh my gosh. Ted Lasso's Juno Temple. She's awesome. She is so good in this. Yeah. This was on my list from when we did the soupies uh, for 2022 of, Hey, you didn't watch this this year. So now that you have said I need to watch this and apparently we're doing the trilogy for uh, Godfather. I'll tell Susan. Yes. <laughs> we'll have to pick a date, date that works for her with her schedule. So yeah. 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 The calendar has some openings in it. So there we go. All right. You want to share anything from your soap operas? Oh, my God. Um, Soap in 60? Soap in 60 (laughs) seconds. Let's see how I can get this done. All right. So General Hospital, they are approaching their 60th anniversary. Um, So, of course, the nurse's ball is going to come back and forth. Lucy, who has faked her death with Valentine and Anna, like she's feeling a certain way because no nurse's ball can go off without Lucy Co. I'm sorry. Just can't happen. Um, Esme is still either faking amnesia or she still has amnesia. She has Nicholas, um, Nicholas' baby. Little baby Ace, and don't get me started on that name. That baby is supposed to be Alexander Nikolovich Casadine, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. A long name, but she called this baby baby Ace because she called him her Ace in the Hole before she had amnesia, but somehow she remembered Ace. Oh my so goodness. So we'll see. But she is guilty of um, is it uh, releasing a sex tape that she took and then framing a young black girl and almost sending that young black girl to prison <gasps> and also poisoning several individuals but now that she doesn't have her memory all of a sudden uh oh you can't try me for this i don't remember doing it so we'll see what happens with that uh what else oh yeah there's that willow stuff yeah she has cancer and they're not handling the storyline like it should be held handled and we just want her to get cured some people are calling for her death but like like, just just cure her and let's get this over with let's get it done it's gonna happen anyway we know it yeah so yeah that's a lot but it always is a a lot lot with soap operas Yeah. yeah. And Trina and Spencer are still amazing. So yay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. That is it for today. Next week, we will be back with Luther, The Fallen Son, the film on Netflix. So y'all go watch Idris and his in his awesomeness and Andy Circus. And we will be chatting about that next week. So until then, geek on. Thank you.